after three years. I was here three years ago, and uh, today is almost three years and uh, one month since I was here in this pulpit again. Uh, I thank the Lord because of his doing and of his mind. Not only one, but many. And we thank God because of all what he has really done through you, uh, our one church in Big Bear. Uh, last night, I was speaking about abiding in Christ. And uh, this morning, I feel like the Lord is leading me to continue with the same word. And I know God is going to minister to individuals here. God is going to, to, to minister to your heart and also to your mind. Uh, let's open our Bibles in the, in the book of John chapter 15. The book of John chapter 15 is a, a chapter that we all know, that we have heard. My English is, uh, is almost the fourth language that I speak. And uh, I only speak English when I'm with the people like you. <laughs> I don't speak English to my wife or even to my, to my mother and my father. When I go to my, to my mother, I speak my mother tongue, which is Kimeru. And uh, to my, uh, when I'm with my mother-in-law, very much American accent, and I was very happy. Within two years, I 
cha Taitafu here Iron Beach speaking like an American <laughs> So uh, I'm a The Bible says, I am the, vi the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my ones remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father, uh, sorry, uh, so I want to, 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 to reach up to there. Uh, the word of God is really speaking to us this morning. And uh, my title or the word I want to speak is about abiding in Christ. The NIV version says remaining in, in Christ. We can say remaining in Christ or abiding in Christ. And... Uh, the, the Bible is really expressly showing us how we must, how we should abide in Christ. And the word abide means to continue. To abide is to continue. To abide means to dwell. To abide also means to remain. And it also means to stand. To abide, when you abide, you stand. Every and time, every circumstance, you stand. Every uh, obstacle, so that you can be able to remain. And also, it means to endure. To endure. I, I am trying to pronounce it uh, like you. To endure. So, uh, it means to endure. When you are enduring, it means that you, there must be hardness, there must be challenges. You are enduring. When you abide, you are enduring. You are, you are persevering. And also it means uh, to, to, to dwell. To dwell. So the, these ones are ones that are mentioned in the Bible several times. And if, if you go to the Bible, you will find that the word abide, 
It's mentioned 82 times in both NIV and the King James Version. 82 times. The one, and, uh, the one that remain in Christ or remain is mentioned 79 times, both in NIV and the King James Version. 79 times. And also, the one dwell is mentioned 338 times in the King James Version. To dwell. And the, uh, in the NIV, it's, uh, it's uh, 79 times. Also, we see the word continue is mentioned 65 times in the NIV and that, that eight times in the King James Version. This shows how much our God wants us to remain or to dwell in the Lord. How much he wants us to continue. How much he wants us to endure. You know we are living at a time when we seasons of our economy, when the seasons of our life are changing. And uh, if we do not remain, if we do not uh, uh, endure to be in Christ, you will find many people drifting away from the Lord. Many people drifting away from the church. But here the Lord is saying that we need to remain. We need to abide. We need to dwell. We need to endure in Christ Jesus as the times are like this. Jesus stood one time in the church and said, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. He didn't just say, I am the vine. He said, I am the true vine. And the true means genuine. True means the exact one. True means the, the, the one which is the, the right one. So he is the true vine. This means that in that context, there are other vines that people can lean upon and they are not true and they are not genuine. They are not the exact. We are living at a time when people are leaning on the wrong vines. They are depending on the wrong vines. He says that this true vine is him, is Jesus. And his father, God is the gardener. His father, God, is the husbandman. He is the, the vine dresser. He is the one who tends and takes care of that vine. And for you as a believer, you need to be abiding in the true vine as a branch in the vine. You are the branch. You are not the vine. You are the branch. Much is to do with the vine. Much is to do with the stem, not with the branch. And when we are in this vine, the Bible says that we will bear fruit. It says that we will be able to be pruned. Not many of us like the times when God is pruning our life. It is painful. It is hard. And it is unpleasant when times of pruning comes in our life. God can prune the church. God can prune our nation. God can prune governments of the world. 
and he can do uh, things to make them grow and to make them become more strong and more powerful. The Bible says uh, that when we abide in him, we will obey his commandments. John chapter 15 verses 10. If you obey my commands, you will abide in my love. Just as I have obeyed my father's command and I have remained or abandoned in his love. We need to abide in the love of God. The love of God is what the church needs today. The love of God is what the believers need today. The, 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 the word love in the word definition has been misinterpreted. The word love in the world system has been misused. And we can only exp experience true love in, in abiding in Jesus. True love can only be experienced in having a relationship with the true vine. The Jesus says that uh, when we abide in him, we will be able to have that love. Love that will change our families. Love that will change our marriages. Love that will change our thinking and even our beliefs. God wants to bring love in our families and in our marriages. God wants to bring love in our churches. In First John chapter 2 verse 6, it speaks about abiding in him and walking as he walked in order to be able to abide in him. If you are to abide in Jesus, if you are to abide in his presence, you have to walk like he walked. Walking like the way Jesus walked doesn't mean walking on the... Uh, uh, it, it is an expression that means that we need to, 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 to behave. We need to, to walk. We need to live a life like Jesus. The first time Christian were, Christians were called Christians was at a time when they were behaving, they were preaching, they were praying for people like Jesus did. And the Antiochian Christians said this, uh, this uh, people said these people are Christians, meaning that they are like Christ. They are behaving like Christ. They are doing things like Christ. That is how the word Christian came about. As a Christian, you are called to walk like Jesus walked. You are called to live like Jesus lived. You are called to love like Jesus loved. You are called to, 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 to fellowship like Jesus fellowshiped. Praise the Lord. In the book of First John, Chapter 2, verses 28. The Bible says, First John, chapter 2, verses 28. It says that when we abide in him, we will have confidence and we will not be ashamed. There will be confidence. We will not be in shame. Christians are not going to be in shame. They will not be in fear. Yes, people are losing their houses. Yes, people are losing their jobs. Yes, the papers are, are giving us reports 
of, of, of like there is no sooner solutions. Yes, the government is not doing exactly what you expected. But one thing is that when you abide in Jesus, you will not be in despair or fear. You will be strong and you will not be ashamed. God will protect you. You will still be nourished. You will still be fed. You will still be grown by God in, the, in His vine, in His glory. The Bible says we will have confidence and we will not be ashamed. There are many people who lean on the other vines, the world system. The systems that are in this world. And right now, they are in great shame. There are people dependent very much on the stock of this world and not in, the, in, in, in God. And not in Jesus. And right now, they are almost taking away their lives. They are almost destroying their, their, their life because of what is happening. We are not called by God to live according to what is happening in the world. You are not conditioned by the happening. You are, you are, you are conditioned by the Lord Jesus Christ. And your life is beyond the natural. Your life is beyond the natural. You are not according to what is happening in the world. God has a future and a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. From the day of your creation, from the day you were born, God had a planned idea of what you are going to be. And our greatest purpose is to learn and to know what is really the plan of God for our life today. What is really the plan of God for our life now? And when we, our, our life plan mingles with the plan of God, we do well. We function well. And we will not lose our purpose of creation. Praise the Lord. In the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 6, if you read there, the Bible also is telling us that you will not sin because you know him. When you abide in Jesus and you know him, you are not going to live a life of sin. For you know him. You will not continue sinning. You will abide in him. And sinning, you will not continue anymore. People who, abide, who don't abide, they sin always. People who don't abide, they, they do things that are not pleasing to the Lord. They go by the happenings. They go by the seasons. They go by the times. They don't go with the word of God. You know the promises of God are true, even in the bad times. What he promised in the good time will come to pass, even though you go through the bad times. If you read in the book of Psalms chapter 23 verses 4, the, the man of God in David said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He knows the promises that God gave him, even at the time when good things were good, will come to pass. 
He knows the anointing that God put on him at the good time will take him to their destination. Also in the book of 2 John, chapter 1, verses 9. When we are binding in Jesus, you have God and also in Jesus Christ, we see a matter of fellowship. There is fellowship in abiding in Jesus. There is fellowship. You know God created man for fellowship. And right now, because of the economy, you can find many people are trying to break the fellowship. I am now going to be working more hours. I want now to be this and that. And the fellowship is breaking. Because of the economy. I want to tell you, these are seasons and they are not permanent. The decision you make in seasons should go in line with what God has called you to do. Do not let the enemy trick you. Do not let the devil trick you. Not to give your tithe in the house of the Lord because of the seasons. Not to go to the church because of the seasons. Or make plans that are not long lasting. The Bible has uh, really expressly taught us how to behave and how to change our nation. How to change our destinations with God. The word of God in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14. The Bible is encouraging us for the time like this. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. God is turning his eyes to the church today. God is turning his eyes to the members of the body of Christ today all over the world. He is looking for his people, not the government or the systems of this world. It doesn't matter the motion or the bills that are passed in the parliament. They are not going to change you until you change yourself. We need to allow God to move in a mighty way in our life. We need to allow God to move in a powerful way in our life. The one says, if my people, if, if, it's a condition. If my people, and you see, this is not everybody. This is not the worldly system. This is not the governmental system. It is my people, says the Lord. It is the house of God which has to change and has to follow and to bring revival to the nations of the earth. There will be no time that the world system will bring a change and a revival to the world. A church must take the, pre the precedence. A church must take the position and locate themselves in their proper positions. And here it's where he says, if my people who are called by my name we are called by his name. We are associated to him. We are belonging to the true vine. And here he calls us to, to, to humble ourselves. We are living at a time when the, 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 the people of God are full of pride. 
They are arrogant. They are no longer wanting to humble themselves. And God doesn't require to humble his people. God wants his people to humble themselves. Do not tell God to humble you. When he humbles you, you will not like it. When God begins to humble his people, we will all cry and moan. We will all, uh, all think that our God is not good. We need to humble ourselves. That is the cry of God. If my people will only humble themselves, praise the Lord. God is looking for humbleness. He is looking for humility out of his people. He is looking for a spirit of meekness out of his people. And then followed by prayer. But many wanted to pray and they don't want to humble. They want to go on and pray, but they don't want to humble. God wants you to humble, then pray. If my people will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face every day, and turn from their wicked ways, repent their sins, I, I will hear from heaven. God says, I will hear. That is one thing you will do. He will hear from heaven. He will start listening to the cry, to the plea of their people, of his people. And at that time, he will, be an, he will answer your prayers. He says that I, my ear is not in death. And my, my hand is not short to help you. But your iniquities hinder me from hearing and from blessing you. God wants us to, to let him hear. God wants us to let him uh, help us. God wants us to let him stretch his hand. And when God stretches his hand, everything will be okay. God needs to stretch his hand upon us. God needs to stretch his hand upon our children, upon our families, upon our nation, upon our economy. We need the hand of God. The hand of God. We need it now. It doesn't matter what is a curse that was put on you. The Bible says in the, in the first Chronicles chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. There was a man called Jabez. He was called Jabez by his mother because he was born at a, with a lot of pain. And the name Jabez means pain. So he was called pain. And this kind of situation and name continued to dominate his life. But Jabez said this will not happen anymore. The Bible says Jabez called the name of the Lord is God. And he told him to change his life. To transform him. That he may not be pain anymore. And to bless him and extend his costs. And God and the prayers of Jabez and changed him. I don't know what people have called you. I don't know what people have said you are. But you can pray like Jabez and God can change your life. God can extend your coast. God can extend your destiny. And you can be a blessed man. God says when we do his requirement. He will hear from heaven. He will start now from giving. He will start from giving his people. I was speaking about forgiveness 
if, if we have no forgiveness, our marriages cannot last. If we do not forgive, our relationships cannot last. God has brought his kingdom of grace through forgiveness. The kingdom of grace is brought through forgiveness. And this is what has to be seen in the church, in the marriages, in our children, in our parenting, and even in our nation. Forgiveness. In Kenya, there is a lot of forgiveness going on. Last year in January, we had people killing their, their, their other tribes. People didn't speak their own language. In Kenya, we have 42 language groups. People speaking different languages. That is why we have to learn more than one or two languages in order to reach the whole uh, country or the whole nation. So uh, they started fighting against each other nation in a tribal basis. And it was so bad. You could not travel uh, that, kilometer, that miles to, uh, without having a problem. So God has blessed us. Now it's a time of healing which is taking place. And the time of reconciliation. Time of restoring fellowships. And if we do not allow healing, we do not allow time of fellowship, time of forgiveness, we cannot be able to come together. We cannot be able to serve in the body of Christ. God says he will forgive us. But we have to, to receive forgiveness as we give it out. God says we forgive as he forgives. So we have to do it to, the, to our fellow people as he is doing to us. And it will only happen in the ground and in an environment of love. And he says he will heal the land. God will heal the land. He will heal our economy. We need God to heal our economy. He will heal our emotions. We are a hundred. We are bruised. We are bleeding. We need God to come and heal our bleeding hearts, our bleeding soul. We need God to come and heal our bleeding families, our bleeding relationships. It is only God who can do that. We need to let him through prayer, through humbling ourselves, through confession, through repentance, and God will heal and will bind his people together. As I finish, I want to speak about the five results of abiding in Christ. Five results of abiding in Jesus Christ. Number one, when we abide in Jesus, there will be spiritual fruitfulness. Spiritual fruitfulness. We will bear fruits. And we will be able to, uh, to, to, be, to bear lasting fruits. Our church will be fruitful. We will be able to see fruits even in our business work. The word of God says that uh, in verses 5, you will bear fruits. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Even with a better economy. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. We need him. We need his help. Jesus knew that we, we, can, we, have, we can have money. God knew that we can have better life. But he said, without me, you can do nothing. 
but in the vine you don't bear fruits. You don't be successful. You don't be able to change a generation when you are bound in the vine. And the Bible says we need to be fruitful. We are called to fruitfulness. In John chapter 15, uh, 15 verse 16, he says, For you did not choose me, but I chose you, so that you can bear fruits, and that your fruits will remain. Hallelujah. Your fruits will remain. They will not get scattered. They will remain. You are a fruit-bearing branch. You are a fruit-bearing branch. And they walk like a fruit-bearing branch. You are not barren. You are not uh, forgotten. You are not good for nothing. You are a fruit-bearing branch. As a member of the body of Christ. And some branch in the vine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two. When we abide in Jesus, we will receive answers to our prayers. The second result is answered prayer. We will have answered prayers. And if you read in, in verse 7, John 15, 7, the Bible says, If you, you abide in me, and my ones abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Ask whatever you wish. The Bible says we will receive our whatevers. Whatever you wish. And when we abide in him, we will receive whatever we wish. What is your whatever this morning? What are you wishing for God to do for you? And he says that this is only for those who abide in him. Not everybody. Not every system. Not every organization. Not every society, but it is for those who are bound in Jesus. Those who are in the true vine. The Bible says, ask your whatevers. And you will receive them. God will do something. He will bless you. And in the book of Psalms 7, he says, he will give you the desires of, uh, of your heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Many people like saying, God wants to says He will give me the desires of my heart. No, He says, number one, you have to delight yourself in the Lord. And when you delight yourself in the Lord, that is the time God will give you the desires of your heart. Because when you delight yourself in him, you are now abiding. You are now continuing. You are now to remain. You are dwelling in him. And he knows for sure your desires are God's desires. Your whatevers are God's whatevers. That's like the woman of God called Anna. Anna was a barren woman. She was mocked by people. She was attended by her, her, her co-wife. And she lived abiding in the Lord. And she prayed to God and told God, If God you give me a child, I will let him live in your house and serve in your house forever. And God heard the cry of Anna because she was praying the prayer of God. She was praying what God was already also looking for. 
God was looking for a man to be in his house to replace and to stand on behalf of Eli. And that is the prayer. God blessed Anna and gave her even more other children. More than she wanted. God can do great things. She was only crying for one. God blessed her for, with the five. Praise the Lord. And it was some blessing in that family. There was joy in that family. Shame was removed. Ridicule and mockery was overcome. Because God can do marvelous. Praise the Lord. Answer to our prayers. Number three. We receive peace in the storm. God will give us peace in the times of the storm. People who abide in Jesus Christ, they will not be depressed in the time of economical uh, turndown. They will not be depressed even when the stock market is deteriorating. They will not be uh, distressed. They will not despair. They will not behave selfishly. They will not withdraw because they know they are God. They, they, they will be having peace in the storm. Not peace in the peaceful times. It is peace in the storms. When conditions are not good, when the circumstances are unfavorable, when the, the conditions are undemanding, God will give you peace and he will, he will give you a lasting peace and joy. You know what the world is looking, what the world can give you is only happiness. And happiness can only come through the happening, things that happen. But the joy of the Lord will be there even when circumstances are not favorable. You will walk in the peace of the Lord. In the book of John chapter 16 verses 33, the Bible says, in me you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is promising us peace, even when there is no peace in the world. He is promising us peace, because he overcame the world. He has already overcome all the challenges that you think you are having now. Yes, an overcomer. And you need to walk like an overcomer. You do not, have, uh, you do not be called an overcomer if there is no challenges to overcome. You must overcome a challenge so that you can be an overcomer. The Bible says in me you will have peace, but in the world you will have tribulations. That is testings. That is temptations. That is challenges. Tribulation can mean everything. It means challenges. It means uh, 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 all these trials. It means temptations. But in Jesus, there is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. We need to embrace him. We need to invite him in our family. We may need to make him a priority in our marriages. We need to make him a priority in our parenting. So that we can raise a generation. So that we can mentor a generation that is, uh, is godly. We need to plant them in the, in, the, in the Lord and in the vine, the true one. 
And we will see fruits. Storms are there in life. Maybe you are going through storm and turbulence in your life this morning. Maybe things are happening to your life that you never expected. Maybe you are in a, in a, in a time where you don't know what to do. But in God it says what he gives you is peace. You have peace. You don't need to, to, to worry. Because we live at a time when the world is worrying too much. People are being overcome by worry and fear. We need to let God and even bring peace in the midst of our circumstances. Number four, new life. When we abide in him, we will walk and live in a new life. This is the life that the world cannot provide. This is the life that you cannot get anywhere else apart from the vine, Jesus Christ. And this life is special. It is a transforming life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, uh, in Christ in Jesus, we are our new creation. The only things have passed away, and beyond all things have become new. In Christ, I've become new. You are a new creation. You are not the formation of what you used to be before you knew Jesus. You are not the same kind of man or woman whom you used to be before you met Jesus. You have been changed. You have been transformed. To be transformed is not to be just changed anyhow. It is a complete change that is irreversible. It is a change that is complete. And it is a transformation in the Greek language. It's translated as metamorphosis. And the metamorphosis means that when we look at it in the, in, in, the, in the change of like a butterfly. It comes from a, a eggs, eggs, then to a pupa, lover, and, and then an unrotten butterfly that can fly. It is like a caterpillar, but from the caterpillar, it grows wings and it starts flying the hair. The caterpillar can never fly. The caterpillar can never even run. The caterpillar is limited. But this metamorphosis, the change, has to bring it to be a butterfly that can fly in the hair. That can walk freely. That can be able to go places. That is the transformation that God wants to bring in our life. Transformation of our mind. Transformation of our, our, our ministry. Transformation of our church. Transformation of our nation. And the nation will never change. The, what will change is people. And the people will not change if the church will not change. The church has to change. The church has to be in the focus. Praise the Lord. The last point is a robe of righteousness. The robe of righteousness. We need to be dressed with the robe of righteousness. In the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it speaks about righteousness. We need the righteousness of God in our life. Are you righteous in an unrighteous generation? Do you want to live righteous? 
And you know righteousness is not what we do. It's not on what we can achieve by our own working, by our own doing. Righteousness will only be attained by abiding in the vine. Then he don't give us his righteousness. He will clothe us. He will clothe us with his own garments. You know when God appointed the house of Harun, Harun, he, he made them garments. And he sent these are the garments that they will use to go before my presence. They were not to go uh, casually as they were. This means that God has to dress us. To abide in him, he has to tend and take care of us. He has to put us in his righteousness. There are many saints. There are many people who go before the presence of God without the dressing, without the covering, without the presence of God. And God wants us to be in his covering. God wants us to abide in him. God wants us to abide in his presence that he may give us hope and he may give us a future. We are not called to despair, but to live a life of hope, to live a life of strength, and to live a life that is full of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need to walk in him and trust in him. You know, there are many things we need to believe God for. We need to believe him for our family healing. We need to believe him for our emotional healing. When we are in the vine, things will open. Our whatever will be met. God is a faithful one. And he is a true God. Let us stand in the name of the Lord. I want us to go before the Lord this morning. And tell God to bless you. Tell God to minister to your whatever. Tell God to teach you how to abide in the vine and not to drift to the systems of the world. Not to drift and turn away from what your God wants you to do in this year 2009. Not to look on the things that are in the world, but to look at the Savior and Him only. Father, we want to bless you. Lord, we want to lift you up this morning. You are the Lord who was crucified. The Lord who died for our sins. Lord, you are there to bless your people and to fill them with your goodness. You are there to fill them with your anointing and favor. Your favor is what the nation needs. Your favor is what the church needs. Lord Almighty, we pray that your divine favor may be upon each one of us this morning. Let your divine favor and blessing be upon us. Cause us to abide in you at such a time like this. Cause us to abide in you, Lord Almighty, even when the seasons are not good. Cause us to abide in you, even when, Lord Almighty, the economy is turning down. Lord, we know that you are God who can change situations. There is no situation that is too bad for you. There is no circumstance that is too bad for you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you may move in, every, in, in everyone's life. Meet the need of that lady, Lord God. Meet the need of that man in the name of Jesus. Meet the need of that young man, Lord God. Meet the need of your people. Let's, Lord Almighty, them flow in the anointing and the favor. God, for you said, if your people shall humble themselves and trust you, you will not be able to bless them, God. You will not be able to heal the land. You will not be able to forgive. You will not be able, Lord Almighty, to hear. God is 
that hearing, King of Glory. We repent before you. We turn from our sins, O God. We pray for the Lord Almighty, great revival in our lives. We pray for the great touch, the great awakening of your people. God, we refuse every attack of the enemy. We refuse every confusion of the devil. We refuse every paralyzing spirit of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Lord, we call upon your name this, this morning. We call upon your name this morning. We call upon your divine favor, the showers of grace in your people. Lord, bless us. Minister to us, Lord. Glorify yourself in your house, O oh God. Glorify yourself in your house. Let everyone, Lord Almighty, worship you in sincerity. Let everyone, Lord Almighty, worship you in your power this morning. In blessed Jesus. We bless you, mighty Redeemer. We call upon you the shaking of our life that you can remove every, every shake of us, O oh God. Lord Almighty, to set us free, to prune us and to set us to love you the more. Bring the love of Christ in our life, O oh God. Hallelujah. God Almighty, we pray for the healing of the emotions. We pray for the healing of the relationship, O oh God. Lord Almighty, we shake off every hindrance. We shake off every attack. We shake off every wind of doctrine, Lord. Let your peace come upon your people. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that your blessings may fall upon us. The revival, Lord Almighty, that you are calling for. The new wind, O oh God. The new tender of revival. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ. In our ministry, there are some people in the prayer, you have been in, in, a, in an attack of an enemy. You feel like uh, you, are, you are not doing this year what you are supposed to do. You are not uh, acting for the Lord according to the way he wants you to do. Many things have come in between and hindering you. You are almost drifting even from the vine, which is the true vine, Jesus Christ. You have lessened. You have reduced your love to want the Lord. And you feel you need to return back. You need to take a, a, a turn back to the Lord. Just lift up your hand as we pray for you. We will pray for you. And come here. Yes. I, I will pray for you while you are there. I can see it's a big number. Pastor, we can pray for them as they are there. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to the Lord. Just lift up your hand and the Lord is going to do great things in your life. It's going to turn your life upside down. My God, I want to bless you because of your people that you have today. I pray for divine anointing that breaks the yoke. The divine anointing that breaks the yoke. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The divine anointing. God Almighty, break every 
Jesus. Let your people walk in great freedom. Freedom of mind. Freedom of, uh, of, of life. In the name of Jesus. I pray for the emotional healing. Emotional healing in Jesus' name. Emotional healing in Jesus' name. God Almighty, heal our emotions. You says, Lord Almighty, you are Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is our God. You will heal our emotions now. God Almighty, you will heal our relationships. God, you will strengthen them in Jesus' name. You will fill us with your presence in Jesus' name. You will fill us with your favor in Jesus' name. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, God, who never changes. Thank you for your divine healing now. Thank you for your divine presence here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Let everybody say amen. 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 You can be seated for a moment before we're done. Uh, I want to say thank you personally to all the 68 team down here this morning. You know, I know that sometimes you'd like to be in the back and hanging out and doing your thing back there, but thank you. Won't you bless them in Jesus' name? Thank you. You know, where else in, in life at your age are you going to get to hear somebody like Pastor Richard talking almost so you can't understand him and be exposed to this kind of international ministry? Amen? You know, they're going to bring that to you in your school classes. You know, the, the church is a social place. The church is a, is a broadening uh, place, isn't it? Thank God for that. I, uh, I want to give, you know, the, often the people from other countries, we, we talk about them as people who would give us the shirt off their back, don't we? So I want to give Richard the shirt off my back this morning. And uh, this is one of our shirts here. Amen. It looks like it might fit you. It might keep you warm. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you can use it for your pajamas or something. And, uh, the other thing, if you were, if your picture was taken for the directory and you haven't heard or didn't see on the way in this morning, the directories are on the table out there. You need to sign a clipboard to take your copy. One per uh, picture person. I think that's how it works, right? Okay. One per household. All right. I also want to extend the moment here to us. We want to link hearts, don't we? We, uh, we know that Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And where your heart is, your treasure will be. And uh, so this morning I challenge you. I say, God, how can you connect us again to Africa, to Kenya, to the ministry that, uh, of Mike and Trish and how they so uh, oversee the churches there in ministry? We want to stay linked, right? And we do that by giving a part of our resources. You know, the Bible says that when somebody comes and gives us spiritual food, then we should minister to them the natural need. Now, I want to, you know, I would love to take up a great offering this morning to bless him. Uh, he is here in the States uh, preaching with a word from God to, the, to this nation. And I believe this is a right word. We need to hear this word in the church everywhere. Amen. And uh, so we appreciate the word. We receive it, Father, from you and from your servant. And uh, he's also then uh, looking to us to bless back. 
and to give. Uh, they're putting some chairs into their churches. They're, they need uh, sound systems and amplifiers and things that will help them broaden the work that they do. And while you're feeling the pressure, I can see on your face, some of you are feeling a little pressure here. Let me lighten your load. You only need to give twice what you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking, is that, is that enough? No, twice that. No, there's no pressure. The point of it for me is that God knows what the need is, and he can meet the need, and he can use us for part of that. The point is linking hearts. Because if we'll link, then we'll pray. And if we pray, then God will move. And God can bring blessing from anywhere he wants. It's not about your money. It's about your heart. It's always about the heart. And so uh, you take a caution. You know, if you give half of what you're thinking about, then you may need to guard your heart because you're shortchanging yourself. You're like that guy that came to the, the, the usher after the service and said, you know, can I get your attention just for a second? I put a $50 bill in, and I meant to put a 20 in. Could I get some change? And the usher said, you know, we don't do that. We can't give you change. And the guy says, well, that's all right. I'll be blessed for 50. And the usher grabs him and says, no, man, you're only going to get blessed for 20. Because that's what you wanted to give. So there's a teaching in here somewhere. I don't know what it is. But let's bless this morning. And, and uh, I, the guys ran and got bags. I, I, we were just going to put it in the wall. So that's okay. You wanna, we'll do it both ways. If you're ready to give... We'll let them uh, circulate the bags. We hardly ever use those things. We might as well dust them off this morning. You can make it to the church. Just you put uh, something in the memo there or on the envelope, if you would, that will designate it uh, for Kenya, okay? That will be easy enough so that you don't misspell Murungi. All right? And uh, we're just going to pass those. Yeah, we need training. We haven't done this in a while. They kind of pass it down the row and pass it the other way and pass it in switch rows and put it in there and, and uh, if, you, if we're ahead of you on the bags, just, you know, take your time, stay and write what you want to do and put it in the offering box. And let me say this, too. If you didn't come prepared to do it today and you want to do something during the week, Pastor Richard will be with us during the week in the cells and meeting with the different lighthouses on different days. And uh, you'll have opportunity to do it then or bring it by the church any time this week. Okay? So God bless you. I know you're blessed. Thank you again, 68, for coming down and being on the front row. And... Uh, Maybe you can get Pastor Richard to say something to you in Swahili. You know, he speaks five, he says he speaks four languages. He speaks five languages. I heard him praying in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So you can count that as your second language too. The Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Glory to God. Wow. Woo, great day. Hmm? Turn to somebody, give him a high five and say, be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Hey, hey.